630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Boy, Nugent Hopkins to win it. Between circle shoots and scores. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the winner for the Oilers in He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, a lot of people are going to be waving at my first guest as we are camped out here on the concourse at Northlands Coliseum. Reed Wilkins broadcasting live final hockey game tonight between the Okotoks Oilers and this man's team, Ryan Smith. Ryan, thanks for dropping by. How are you doing? Reed, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. It's just nice to see this building uh, alive again. Um, you know, I was driving here today and um, thinking of the last game that, uh, that I obviously uh, uh, drove that way to come to uh, uh, the Coliseum here. And, and you know, you reflect on so many awesome memories that have come and gone through this uh, this great uh, building, and uh, I really appreciate you having you, you down here and being a part of this too. So it's uh, it's awesome. Well, and thanks for you know including 6:30 Chet Santa's anonymous uh, with it as well. And Lana's going to join us a little bit uh, later on. Tell us about the the the, the seed of, of this idea, Ryan, and, and the and the setup involved in getting. And I always think as a guy who used to cover the AJ, AJHL, a great way to showcase AJHL hockey yeah. too. Yeah, you know what? It's a great league um you know obviously being around the area for numerous years and uh hearing the buzz and so many uh, ex-oilers have come and gone through here mike comrie um you know uh, bennings uh played and played in the the organization and uh hamilton is uh now actually uh, the uh, assist or the head coach of uh, uh the uh, of the oil, oil, kings, oil yeah. kings yeah so um this all evolved with Mr. Tim Reed. I phoned him. I was listening to the radio. It was uh, uh, 6.30, Chad, and uh, and I had I heard this buzz about uh, a hockey game uh, with U of A and, uh, and Nate, and I said, why can't we do this? And I phoned him up, and he was like, yeah, let's try to make this work. So it, it, it evolved quick. Um, this is great. It's, it's, um, it's come in full circles within about four or five weeks. And uh, like I said, it's great to see fans right here, out here, and ready for an entertaining hockey game tonight. Looks like it's going to be a, an amazing crowd. For you, how have you enjoyed you know, the, the transition, obviously, from your, your playing career with the Oilers? You, you played senior hockey for a couple of years now, involved in ownership and being the, the team president. Uh, what are some of the challenges, and what do you enjoy about it? Well, Reed, I've I've really learned a lot um, since I've been out of the game. Obviously, I did play uh, senior hockey for uh, a couple years uh, last year and the year before that since I've been retired. This is actually coming in on my fourth year. Um, but I've learned a lot about the business side, and, and you appreciate what goes in behind the scenes, and, and you appreciate, uh, you know, uh, the 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 managers, the presidents, the owners, what they've uh, what they do to get the product on the ice, and uh, you know, 
Um, I had a vision when I was younger. Uh, I wanted to be a part of a team at some capacity other than a player. And uh, I had uh, my business partners, Dan, Dan and Lindsay LeCelt, uh, approach me about the uh, Spruce Grove Saints and, and the AJHL. And and uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm from Edmonton. Uh, this is where we call home. And I'm about the community. And what better way to give back to the game I love and have passion for uh, to local areas here and um, you know so this has evolved into so much better things and great things uh, this past year uh, with Dan and Lindsay and myself and and our uh, manager uh, Rob Scrooks and we have Bram Stevenson as our head coach this year and we've got the product on the ice which is which which obviously helps yeah well and the Saints have been an outstanding franchise I mean I don't have to yeah. tell, tell you that but right from the Messier days too yeah so, exactly they've, yeah. Always, they've always been very very strong Ryan Smith joining us tonight so i mean look this this building regardless of what it was called over the over yeah. the years rexall place most of your playing career i mean i i covered your your final game announcing your retirement a couple days before the lead up uh you playing an entire five minute power play <laughs> I mean, is it, uh, and i know you told a great story to uh to brenton dreger a couple weeks ago about the stefan goal and you almost oh broke your gosh. stick i mean i, I can you nail down a couple moments that really stay with you or is that, is that an unfair question on a night like this? Well I think the highlights that stand out for me uh, specifically for this building to me was the 06 run. Um, obviously you, you, you remember playing your first NHL game and, and you play your first NHL game at home and and but the 06 run was so electrifying. Uh, the building the fans, the excitement, the energy uh, we were eighth seed. Uh, we were a team that just sort of squeaked in, uh, but we had a decent lineup, and um, we just found a way. And it was greatly because of our fans. And I, I, I say that honestly because they were a huge help. Because uh, there's moments throughout the series is where it's like, oh my gosh, this is this is grueling this is painful this is tough but then they would get louder and then it would just bring chills to our spines and the energy that they provided as the seventh attacker uh it was it was great have you have you recovered fatigue wise from that five minute power play against vancouver <laughs> I, I got tired watching yeah it, the boys kept telling me get out get out there you're not coming off we did have two uh two little breaks in between so <laughs> i was lucky to energize then uh ryan thanks for stopping by before i let you go i mean i should i know you you closely watch this year's team and you and i have, 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 have talked about whatever current edition it is of the Oilers in the past man it's just so one win one loss and those, those frustrating shutouts, two of the last three games where you're just getting everything on net and nothing's yeah. going in. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been an up and down year for them for sure. Um, you know, consistency is part of uh, every team's game is where you want it to be. Uh, confidence is another thing. I think, uh, you know, having that confidence uh, on a consistent basis, uh, execute, perform to their best of abilities. But at the end of the day, it comes down to those players uh, producing. And uh, when you step on that ice, you have that great opportunity to, uh, to relish for your teammates um, or, uh, or the other way. So it's a matter of them coming through as a whole. Um, and, and I believe there was some great strides there the last uh, week and a half. Uh, now it's just a matter of getting over that, uh, maybe this, this Christmas break and just sort of just hammer it out. All right. I'll let you give a final plug to the, uh, 
to the yeah. Saints here. Obviously, I, I mentioned off, uh, I was talking on the afternoon news, yeah. first overall, Okotoks, third overall, you guys. I think second. Se- second. Oh, are you guys second yeah. now? Yeah, okay. yeah, we're second. You know what? I, I will say this. Um, Grant Fear is in the house. Grant Fear is coming. He's here. Um, who else? Dave uh, Dave Hunter's coming. Uh, Brian Benning's here. You know what? The community guys have stepped up, and, and, and it's great to see and be a part of uh, uh, so many guys that have paved the way for uh, players like myself. And now it's passed on to these uh, these two teams, the, the uh, Spruce Grove Saints and the Okotoko Oilers. And, you know, I just can't thank you enough for coming down here and being a part of uh, this. And hopefully we see a lot of uh, bums in the stands and uh, enjoy the, a great victory. Ryan, great job getting this yeah. going. Continued success. And obviously, thanks so much for dropping by. I know you're busy tonight. You bet. Thank you a lot, Reed. That is Ryan Smith. Check it in this evening. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, always great to have Ryan on the show, involved now in the ownership group of the Spruce Grove Saints, and he uh, told the story about getting this rolling, and he said, you know, he heard about the face-off game between Nate and the Golden Bears that was played, uh, well, last uh, Saturday with the uh, U of A uh, beating Nate 4 nothing, and Ryan said, why can't we do something like that? So part of a great weekend of festivities here at the Old Barn, as we can affectionately call it, the game tonight. And uh, remember, if you're uh, coming, it is free admission. 6.30 Chet Santa's Anonymous, the Kinect Club of Spruce Grove and the Kinsman Club of Stony Plain, accepting cash and toy donations if uh, you're coming down. Also a 50-50 draw to help benefit Parkland Kit Sport. If you uh, come in, you get a ballot for a chance to win a uh, seat signed by Ryan Smith. So that <laughs> that's pretty cool. Tomorrow, pancake breakfast, public skates, open house, starting at uh, 9 in the morning with the skate and going until 4. And then uh, Sunday, doors at 3 and a round dance beginning at uh, 4, presented by Candora Society. So a lot going on. The farewell weekend here for Northlands Coliseum. And uh, we'll talk a little more about the building and uh, some memories as we move along tonight. You can text 63630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. As for your Edmonton Oilers, they did fly today. They will play the Minnesota Wild tomorrow. And guess who's back in net? You'll hear from Cam Talbot when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, that's Van Halen. I'm sure they played that song here a few times, Kellen. On Absolutely. their mini tours that came through Edmonton and Northlands Coliseum. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 620. Oilers game tomorrow. They will visit the Minnesota Wild 10.30 in the morning for the face-off show. The game is at noon. Yes, a dreaded matinee for your Edmonton Oilers. And uh, historically, and when I say historically, I mean going back to their first year in the NHL. They have not been good in matinees, but they'll try to get the win tomorrow against the Wild. Camp Talbot is back. You'll hear from him in a couple of minutes. NHL action underway tonight. Dallas and New Jersey are tied 2-2 about nine minutes into the second period. Radulov has one of the Dallas goals. He's up to 11 on the season. Carolina leads Buffalo 1-0 halfway through the game. Justin Williams has his seventh. Los Angeles and the New York Rangers are tied 1-1 
eight minutes left in the second period. Gabrick and Kreider are the goal scorers. Toronto up 1-0 in Detroit after the first period. Borgman has his third of the season. And the Sharks and the Canucks face off a little bit later on. They will get going at eight. Pretty cool vibe here at Northlands Coliseum. Uh, I'm set up on the concourse here just by Section 120. Free admission to the game, Spruce Grove Saints and Okotoks Oilers, and a lot of people coming to see one last game at the Coliseum or, or, or just walk around the concourse and, and check it out one final time. And, you know, the, we got a new great building downtown, but a lot of memories for, for people here. And going to the hockey game, going to the concert, uh, a great gathering place for uh, people for several decades obviously in this city I, I mean I know for me I can remember coming to World Hockey Association games here as a as a very young young kid in the in the late 1970s and you know usually uh, we would be able to attend one or two games a year in the NHL driving in from Evansburg with my parents and then uh, you know living in Edmonton through through the uh, 1990s you'd usually get to check out a game or two a year if I could find enough uh, change under the cushions when I was going to university but a lot of a lot of memories here and I know professionally obviously once I started covering the Oilers we know where the the team was at in the standing so you didn't get to you didn't get to cover any playoff games but two of the most incredible individual performances that I've ever seen, you know, were in this building and in the recent era, and that was Sam Gagne racking up eight points, tying a team record held by Gretzky and Coffey in that 8-4 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. And then, the, the speaking of, of shutouts, similar to what we saw last night, UC Saros doing that to the Oilers, Ben Scrivens getting 59 saves for an Oilers shutout against a San Jose Sharks team coached by Todd McClellan, now the Edmonton Oilers bench boss. So those are those were uh, two highlights, uh, certainly in the last few years, for games that I've actually covered in person. And Ryan Smith was here and in the last segment, and that was an incredibly emotional night. His final game uh, as an Edmonton Oiler, Andrew Ferentz giving up the C for that night. Uh, Ryan Smith got to be the captain for his last game. They beat Vancouver. Ryan didn't score. They, they gave him every opportunity. I was <laughs> talking about that five-minute power play where he was out there. I, I remember the Canucks iced it, and, you know, the Oilers defenseman went back to retrieve it, and Ryan went back to the offensive blue line and just crouched down, put his stick across his knees and tried to gather some energy to go in uh, on another attack. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool to be here tonight and awesome that Ryan and the Saints uh, hosting the Okotoks Oilers tonight. The game is going to start at 7, and it is free uh, to drop by if you'd like to come. As for your Edmonton Oilers, and the update is presented by Niskew Ford, every model on sale every day. Niskew Ford above expectations. He's missed the last seven games, but now goaltender Cam Talbot is ready to go. I feel great now. I mean, it wasn't anything major, but something that uh, could have materialized as something worse and something needed to be nipped in the butt right away. So I uh, figured it would be better to take a couple weeks now, uh, get better back to 100% and get back on the ice with the boys. So I feel great. Cam, it was kind of weird how it happened because you tweaked it apparently, then had a day off or a game off, and then came back, played a couple, then tweaked it again. Just how did that all kind of play out? Yeah, it was just one of those things where I uh, felt it the first day, obviously. It didn't feel great. Took the day off uh, the next game and came back, played a couple, and it just, uh, you know, wasn't getting any better. If anything, it was getting a little bit worse. So, like I said, it was just one of those things that uh, potentially could have been longer term if we let it go. So it's better to take a couple weeks off now than uh, something more uh, long term. 
It's not going to limit you in any way? No, no, I feel great now back on the ice. Did a lot of, uh, made sure that very cautious. I mean, I felt good uh, four or five days ago, but they wanted to just make sure that we gave it the extra few days, and um, I had to agree with them, so... Uh, but yeah, I feel great now. It shouldn't limit me in any way. Yeah, and I think that's another reason why we decided to take an extra few days to make sure that when I did come back, um, I had a few more days of practice with the guys, a bit more confidence, and just a few extra days, a few more extra days healing. So I should be able to hit the ground running tomorrow and uh, hopefully pick up where I left off. So I was feeling pretty good before I got hurt. What was it like watching? It's not something you did a lot last year. No, it's very frustrating watching, um, especially just not being around the guys is the hardest part. I mean, you come in, you do your, uh, you doing your prep while they're on the ice, then you do your workouts when they're gone. So you're not really um, around the team much, and I think that's the hardest part, just not even the, the playing aspect, but you feel kind of segregated, so it's nice to be back. Is the first game back, seeing live fire, uh, going to be a challenge? Uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, you can't really feel your way back in. I, I feel prepared enough, so um, hopefully tomorrow shouldn't be an issue, and I'm ready to go on the puck drops. The team in front of you, you know, they score seven, they get shut out. They score six, they get shut out. What, what have you seen kind of in your absence from the uh, Honestly, I've seen a lot of good things. I mean, we've played four solid games. We put Even on those games that we didn't score, we put up a lot of scoring chances. Sometimes you just run into a hot goaltender. So, um, we're, unfortunately, we did that a couple times. But, I mean, those were four of our better games of the season, I think. And uh, we just have to continue to play like that, continue to throw pucks to the net and get bodies to the net and just continue to crash and bang and get those greasy goals. And I think that's what made us successful last year. When was the last time in the NHL you were injured? Have you ever been on IR, IR before? Not in the NHL, no. Once in the minors, my very first game of uh, my pro career, I pulled my groin in the second period and uh, finished the game with a shutout, actually. I didn't want to come out while well, I still had the shutout going. I finished it off, but um, I was on the IR for about three weeks after that and uh, been healthy ever since. So, uh, like I said, it's very frustrating when you're injured and you want to be out there to help the team, but I'm back now and ready to go. That's an interesting story about Cam Talbot and, and that injury he suffered back in the American Hockey League. I'm going to expand on that after the news, and Bob Stoffer will check in to preview the Oilers and the Wild and some of his Coliseum memories. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. So to finish that Camp Talbot story, he was saying how he got hurt in his first pro start playing for the Hartford Wolf Pack at the start of the 10-11 season. And he pulled his groin in the second period. And the team jumped out to a 3-0 lead in the first period. So he had the lead and he was working on the shutout. Still a lot of time to go. But he thought, well, if I if I allow a goal, I'll, well, you know, I'll tell that I'm too injured to go to go on because he was in pain with the groin pull but he said he wanted to try to get the shutout so he stayed in he did get the shutout and he, he said he, he couldn't rely on his athleticism as much so he had to be really good positionally to make sure he was uh, in, in uh, spot to make the saves I'm here Kellen I had to sneeze so I shut my mic off oh okay <laughs> <laughs> the choice, the choice of live radio. Right on. I, I didn't want to sneeze directly into uh, into the microphone. So anyway, anyway to, as you were Talbot, saying, <laughs> so Talbot this, this stayed in, and then we had to rely on his positioning and his anticipation, and he wound up getting the shutout, and then he was uh, out for three weeks. So he was hurt bad enough that he had to uh, miss a little bit of time. But he had an upper body injury here with the Oilers. He is back. He will play tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild. 
Bob Stoffer will be there. He's already there in mini to cover this game, and he joins us now. Bob, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to check in with you. We'll tee up the Oilers in the wild in a few minutes, but I'm at Northlands Coliseum tonight, known as Rexall Place for a large part of its history. Tons of great Oilers memories here, but we should talk some other significant hockey games that were played there and ones you were uh, definitely a big part of covering and organizing, a couple of university cups uh, in 05 and 06. Yeah, Reed, I was in a support role uh, at the university at that time. Uh, I was the communications and broadcast director and actually did a lot of the marketing as well. And uh, that was the year, the 0405 year was the year of the lockdown. There were a lot of people that criticized the decision to play the semifinal and final games uh, at Rexall Place at that time. And we even took a day's break from the tournament. We got tremendous momentum uh, on Thursday and Friday, the opening two days of the national championship that year. Rob Don, that was the last year he coached the team, uh, the Canada West team won all their games in the first two games, so we knew we had a pretty good chance of an All-Canada West final. We took the Saturday off. The Roadrunners played at Rexall Place. Uh, in fact, it was the Canadians organization uh, that was in town. I forget which uh, which team they had at that time, but they were playing the Roadrunners. And then uh, we went in there on Sunday of the two semifinals. We only had about 3,000 people for Saskatchewan's uh, game against uh, Western, uh, which the Huskies won. And then uh, there's about 6,000 for Alberta and Manitoba. But then on, on the Hall Holiday Monday, uh, they got one of the largest walk-up crowds ever uh, for Alberta and Saskatchewan. I know the announced attendance was around 11,000. There was actually more people than that in the building. And Alberta rallied from 3-1 down. And Leon Dreisaitl's future hero from uh, Ravensburg, where his uh, dad uh, was a coach, Ben Thompson got the game-tying goal and an unbelievable goal, 35 seconds left or so, and then got the winner in OT. So they won that year. We went back the next year. Eric Thurston was the head coach. We played just the final there. And, you know, based on how good the Bears were at Claire Drake Arena, we were giving up a little bit of a risk there. Of course, Alberta was hosting the championship both years so they could build for the championship, but uh, jumped out to a 3-1 first period lead against Lakehead. Uh, didn't really put them away but still ultimately got the victory 3-2. So back-to-back national championships, it was sweet. Uh, I, I still, you know, I'm hoping one day to be a part of an owner's organization where they win a championship as, as a broadcaster, and I can tell you that those are, uh, when you're around a team and traveling with a team and you get to know the people that work for the team in a variety of roles, it's pretty special. So those were two special moments for sure. Should just should just touch on that 5 because dramatic... And then, I mean, even sweeter that it was against the Saskatchewan Huskies, wasn't it? Well, and, you know, there was no love lost between Rob Dom and, and Dave Adolph, and Rob took Dave to the woodshed in terms of the matchup over the years. But Saskatchewan played, you know, very well in both years in the tournament. And really, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, had they, gone, had they gotten past Lakehead in 2006, they might have been able to beat the U of A. I mean, Alberta didn't have Gavin McLeod. They dressed him, but he, he played one 10-second shift, and that was it. That was their captain on the defense. So, you know, in 05, I mean, the Huskies had the Bears on the ropes, and it was because they forechecked. And then in the third period, for some unknown reason, they backed off and went into a more passive uh, forecheck, and then the Bears just started getting going and came in waves. Um, the crowd, you know, People got to realize, like there was no NHL hockey that year, and so, uh, and the the Roadrunners were, 
you know, basically brought in for that year and then disbanded. Uh, so there was there was a, a gut feel that was right. I mean, there were several Oilers players actually at that game. I don't know how many people have come up to me since then, Reed, and said, hey, that was one of the best games I've ever seen at Rexall Place. And especially on the heels of what had happened, Reed, in 2004, uh, the toughest broadcast I ever had be it Oilers or uh, U of A, was in 2004 when Alberta was undefeated and lost a 6-5 overtime game in New Brunswick. That game had five lead changes, and a lot of people that have covered CIS hockey think it was the best game ever played. Uh, at that, and that's 6-5, right? Think of a Canada-Russia game, 6-5. Right. Those are exciting games. So the Bears actually could have three-peated had they won in 04. Uh, because, of course, they would win in 05 and 06 at home. So there was that backdrop. Uh, ben Thompson was a terrific player, but Alberta had a lot of firepower. And they also had a bunch of guys that had come in in 2000 and not won. And 05 was their last kick of the can, and they, and they, kick of the can, and they got it done. And that included Dr. Jeff Zorn, uh, you know, Tyler Shabunka, players like that. They were really good players at the U of A for a number of years. So it was sweet. And, uh, you know, Brad Tuchek was part of those, and Gavin McLeod were on the 05 and 06 teams that won back-to-back national titles and those guys I'll tell you like after Thompson scored in 05 Scott Housen called me the next morning and said we want to sign him for the Roadrunners and I'm like well he's just finished up year two of school right and uh, he ended up playing one more year he was on the 06 championship team and then Rob Dom ironically signed him in Houston with the Minnesota Wild organization to go play there so uh, you know there was a lot of interest in several of the uh, UVA players at that time and ironic given how some of the UVA kids the three UVA players basically carried the offense for the U sport team in the games against the world junior teams the last couple of days um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, certainly if Luke Phillip with the way the games changed and more of an emphasis on skill maybe gets a, a look-see down the road on a, on a pro contract. Bob Stoffer joining us on Inside Sports. We have the Oilers visiting the Minnesota Wild tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. Bob, speaking of buildings, maybe the, the key word in that last sentence is visiting because Rogers Place, yep. after being a great venue for the Oilers last season, uh, an absolute house of horrors this year, a woeful 5-10 and 10 home record, uh, even though they've, they've had some better outings recently. Uh, couldn't beat UC Soros last night. So Talbot's back tomorrow against Minnesota, and uh, the, the Oilers, uh, a good three-game road trip last weekend, one, two out of three, got stoned by Curtis McElhenney in Toronto. Uh, it's It's been a hard year to figure out, a hard team to figure out, and they, they just keep going back and forth, win-loss, and, and they're not gaining much traction in the standings. They've, actually, they've dropped off uh, in the last week and a half from six, seven points now to nine. Yeah, we, you know, it's funny. They got to capture some of the magic of some of the moments that, you know, I witnessed as an Oilers broadcaster in Rexall Place. I mean, the start of the 2010-11 season, it was, you know, Taylor Hall and Jordan Everly in that first game against Calgary and McIntyre's knockout punch on even on the eight-point performance, obviously, from Sam Gagne and then a farewell to Rexall when they brought all the great alumni players back. Those were three pretty special moments. They were trying to create new memories, special memories in Rogers Place. And last year, it took the team a while to get going. I mean, they were 500 at This year, they're sitting read at 5 and 10, and it's, it's a pretty simple number. I'm going to give you the stat. Do you know what the save percentage is on the PK at home this year? Well, it's probably right. going to be about 750 or something. It's 700. Jeez. And the league average is 870. The orders are just below the league average on the road, but they are at 700 at home, and they've given up more goals uh, while they've been, uh, you know, trying to PK this year than they did all last season in 41 games. And that is the major reason why they're 5-10. And, and if you'd reverse the record, if they were 10-5, and five, 
you know, you'd be looking at an 18-12-2 team right now. And you'd be pretty happy with that because they have played well on the road. Uh, they get Talbot back, Reed. I mean, I don't have to tell you. I mean, you know you know the impact of this guy. I mean, he is a leader for that team. And Laurent Brassois played okay. Uh, in fact, if anything, I think Laurent Brassois probably put himself in a position where maybe the owners don't need to go out and get themselves a backup. They can, you know, he's just keep giving this guy a start every four or five games and try to build some more confidence in him. But they need Talbot to go on a run here, right here, right now, starting tomorrow uh, across the street uh, at the XL Energy Center. Well, he's ready to go, and, and he said today, Bob, he, he wasn't rushing, despite where the team is at, he wasn't rushing back because he's not he's ready to go for the long haul and i mean he's going to play obviously the large the large bulk of the games it's interesting there's certainly been frustration about around the Oilers i think earlier in the year maybe a little bit of confusion even at their plight and certainly the fans have been confused about how they're playing we we know the odds we know the situation there is i i don't get any sense of uh, of give up in the room though even even though the situation they're in, and, and I think probably the the strength of the last four games leads them to believe that if they keep firing away, that the goals are going to come in, and and they're getting the number one goaltender back. And I'll say this about Talbot, Bob. Generally, and if we look at his last two years with the Oilers, he's a better goaltender after the middle of December. Now he was pretty good all yeah. of last season, but but I would still say even uh, you know after mid December he was better last year. Oh yeah, no, that's absolutely for two years in a row. It's been like that, and he did win his last three starts, albeit he got a no decision in one of the games. So you know, he got let off the hook against St. Louis a bit. Um, it starts there, right? It starts there. I think the team plays a little bit differently in front of them. No question, the last four games. I mean, 166 to 96 have been the shots over the last four games. That's 41 and a half to 24 per game. I do think, Reed, and you know, you can give me your thoughts on this. To me, the Toronto game was completely different than the Nashville game. Like the Oilers had multiple A-grade scoring opportunities against the Maple Leafs. They hit four posts. They deserved that game. Last night, yes, they had 22 shots in the first. But the, the amount of A-grade scoring opportunities, maybe three or four in the entire first period, and they blew some chances off odd man breaks. And then Nashville, you know, you can say they got two lucky goals. Uh, fair enough. But they kind of took the game over for a while. And then the orders got recalibrated in the third. So yeah, they got lots of shots. I wouldn't say they played great against the Predators. I think they played great against the Leafs and didn't get a win. And obviously the results spoke for themselves against Montreal and Columbus. Yeah, well, that's fair, and I think we go back to, to the special team story, too, and oftentimes it's when you get the goals. One of those first two power plays, yep. maybe you get a one or 2 nothing lead, and, and then Nashville's able to cash, cash in a couple times in the second period. Their penalty killing is, I mean, they got a top-10 road penalty kill. It's just really dragged yep. down by the performance on home ice. Uh, and Minnesota- I, mean, I, have another theory. I have another theory. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. I, I think the team is playing with some nervousness at home in front of the fans. I yep. think there's an expectation in front of the fans the, the fans are knowledgeable. They don't, you know, they don't just cheer for the sake of cheering. Uh, I'm not going to name the markets, but there's three of them in the U.S. that I can think of that it's basically a glorified wrestling fan, uh, crowd. That is not what Rogers Place is. Actually, in Rogers Place, or in Edmonton for that matter, there are, there is no professional wrestling anymore. But uh, that's another story <laughs> that's, for another yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but seriously, Reed, like I look at this, and I, and, I, and I think that that has compounded the problem, is the fans are waiting for the orders to get going here, and it hasn't happened, and there's that nervous apprehension every time they go to kill a penalty at a critical time in a game at home. 
Yeah, I, I I think too, Bob. They've been they've been swinging for the fence. May, maybe not so much lately. I think they're a little more patient at home. But I think earlier yeah. in the season they were going out there expecting to be up for nothing ten minutes into the game and having everybody going wild and have a laugher. And then, you know, I I I, I said earlier in the season. So their home games, I don't think that they were lazy, but I think they were spending energy in the wrong area. You know what I mean? And that led to some of the the cheating and and looking for two-on-ones and breakaways instead of making the responsible, detailed play. And they've been much more detailed and much more responsible on the road. So that's what they'll need tomorrow, man. Fair comment. All right, Bob. I will talk to you at 10.30 tomorrow morning for the City Fort Faceoff Show. I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Make sure you uh, have a hotel. Give me a wake-up call. Yeah, I'll make sure I get that in, Bob. There we go. Bob Stoffer checking in. Oilers and Wild tomorrow. Furnace Family, Oilers Hockey, Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. 10.30 face-off show, noon start time. Oilers 6-5 and five in their last 11. Here's how it's gone. Win, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Back and forth indeed. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Mark Letestu, a product of the Alberta Junior Hockey League, played for the Bonneville Pontiacs. I'm at Northlands Coliseum. AJHL game tonight, final game ever at the Coliseum. Spruce Grove Saints taking on the Okotoks Oilers. It's going to start in about 10 minutes. Big farewell weekend for the Coliseum. Tomorrow, pancake breakfast inside Northlands from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's open to the public. You can get in from the northeast entrance. Parking is free. Now, there's also public skating here from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Here's how it's going to go. Public skates available in 45-minute intervals each hour starting at the top of the hour. 100 skaters maximum allowed on the ice at one time. So if you want to skate, you should register in advance. Northlandscoliseum.com, or sorry, Northlandscoliseum. I'm going to try that again. Northlands.com slash Northlands-Coliseum-Farewell-Weekend. Or just go to Northlands.com and look for the Farewell Weekend stuff. You can text 63630. Trucker Dave has written in. He says, hi, Reed. Memorable nights at Northlands. Glenn Anderson, Banner Knight, Mick Magoo's blown call. He couldn't get off the ice fast enough. They weren't throwing teddy bears that night. Trucker Dave adding, music-wise... Nine Inch Nails, Guns and Roses, Tool, great building, great memories, too many to list. That is from Trucker Dave, texting 63630. You can also call 780-496-0063. Here's what's happening in the NHL tonight. Hurricanes and Sabres are tied 1-1 after 2. Also after 2, the Devils lead the Stars 3-2. Brian Boyle with the go-ahead goal, his seventh of the season. Rangers up 2-1 on the Kings. Third period just started. Detroit is leading Toronto 2-1 with seven minutes left in the second period. The Sharks and the Canucks will get going at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Oil Kings home to Tri-City tonight. That one starts uh, in a few minutes over at Rogers Place. Uh, Oil Kings really having a tough time. A couple more games before their Christmas break. The World Junior roster has been announced for Team Canada and uh, some local connections here. Sam Steele from Sherwood Park. Excellent player for the Regina Pats. He makes the team. Goaltender Carter Hart plays for uh, Everett, local product. He's going to be on the team as well. 
Just some other uh, players of note. Kale McCarr, who's going to UMass in the NCAA. Uh, speaking of the AJHL, he was a star for Brooks, star defenseman drafted by Colorado in the first round this past summer. He's on there. Kale Clegg of uh, Lloyd Minster makes the team. Jake Bean from the Calgary Hitmen uh, as well. So uh, some of the players who will be representing Canada at the upcoming tournament in Buffalo. And obviously we expect Oilers prospect Kyler Yamamoto to be on Team USA. He's currently at the camp in Columbus and uh, interviewed him a couple days ago. Was uh, very modest about his chances, but I, I think he's as close to a shoe-in uh, as you can have to uh, to play for the United States in that tournament. Okay, uh, still ahead, we're going to hear from Lana Nordland. She's the executive director for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. It is delivery weekend tomorrow. Santa's Depot, 12122 68th Street. Dispatch starting tomorrow, 9.30 in the morning, goes until 3 and starts again uh, 9.30 on Sunday until the last bag is delivered. If you are going to go, bring your license and your insurance and once you get there, you can uh, download the Santa's Driver app that'll help you get around. 12122 68th Street. Delivery starts at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Live from Northlands Coliseum, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio. 6.30, Chad. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.